great to be with you all on the first Sunday of 2020. We, uh, we introduced the idea about vision and how God wants to bring perfect vision. We have, we have a little term we use for perfect vision. After, we, uh, after we've been examined by eye doctors, they say, well, you've got 2020 vision. And I believe that in 2020, God wants to release a perfect vision in this end time for a church. And, you know, we, we get nervous when we start talking about the word perfect because we all, we all know that if, if it's going to be perfect, we want to be a part of it. That excludes us. But, but God has a perfect vision he wants to release in our lives. The, the, the one time that Jesus healed a blind man, he said, I see men, but I see them as trees. It's, it's an imperfect vision. How many, how many know you can be in progress of a perfect vision? God can, can be, uh, we can be in progress of God doing a work. He, he didn't leave him that way. He finished the healing work in his life. And God wants to release that kind of vision for our church. Jeremiah 17 is where we'll go in just a few moments. But before we get there, I wonder if you would look at Proverbs 29 with me. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I read Brother Cunningham, Jack Cunningham, many of you know him. He, he tweeted out just a little while ago, and I, I remembered what he'd said. He said, no vision, people perish, but much vision, people flourish. And I believe that God has not just existence for the church in 2020. I believe that God has a flourishing activity that he wants us to be a part of. Someone say, see that in your mind, just a church that's in action, engaged apostolic, a part of what God is doing all around the world. Anybody just kind of beginning to see a little picture of what God wants you to become today? We're, we're not, it's not excluded to, to names on a roll today. If you're, if you're here for the first time, you can be a part of what God wants to do in this end time. That's what I believe. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Would you bow your head and why don't we pray together just for, for a moment this morning. Father, I thank you for, for the privilege of being together with your people one more time. But God, this is a brand new year. We have stepped over the threshold of God, this previous decade and we are walking into a brand new end time. God, a brand new end time year and I ask that you would Release the Holy Ghost to move in this room. God, that every heart and every life, God, I, we're reaching deep this morning. God, I pray that you would get beneath the veneer and that you would reach deep within our spirit and that you would, God, encourage us and get a hold of us and God, mold us and shape us and form us and call us to become what you want us to become. I, I thank you for that. God, that intensity that's building in this service already. I thank you for, God, courage that's come to someone that came discouraged. You, God, you're already doing a work. There's already a purpose being planted in their spirit. There's already an encouragement that's happening in the supernatural realm. I, I ask that you would continue. God, as your word is released, God, it doesn't matter about the vessel today, but it matters about, God, the release of it. And God, the contents of it. It matters about where it lands and God, who it touches. So God, let your word do that work in this room. Every heart. Someone say me, Lord. Someone shout me, Lord. God, let it touch me this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Someone say that with me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Any leader that you talk to loves the subject of vision. Leaders love the compelling force of faith, that ability to trust God for something that is not yet, but believing wholeheartedly that it will become. We love to use the phrase more in store, and, and sometimes I, I think that it becomes a catchphrase, but God has a storehouse in heaven of things that he wishes to release to the church, but it can only be received and it can only be released when someone is willing to accept it by faith. And faith is that ability for us to release vision. I, I know the scripture says, it says in the last days that, that we're going to have vision, we're going to have dreams. And God uses those things because in our natural self, in our natural ability, we can't perceive the thing that God wants to release to us. God has so much in store. 
Someone just picture that with me. A great big storehouse of heaven that God has shelves labeled with abilities and giftings and talents and things that he wants to release to the church. God has all of that in store. And, and he's just waiting for someone to say, you know what, God? When I looked here in the natural realm, I couldn't see it. But when I elevated my gaze and I began to believe what you had for us, then I can see, God, I can see that healings can happen in this place. I, I can see that crutches can be left at altars. I can see that tears can can be left in this room because God is transforming lives. I believe that seats that are empty right now can be filled. I, I just believe that there's a storehouse in heaven that God said it's ready to be received if you're willing to let it be released by the power of vision. There's something about it when you just get a picture. Don't release that picture. It's not something that you turn off like a television. It's not something that you turn off like a screen on your phone. It's a vision that when God plants it in your spirit, it won't let you go. It will be with you. It'll be the last thing you think of when you lay your head down at night. It'll be the thing you think of when you wake up in the middle of the night. And it'll be the thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning. I'm talking at a about a picture that God gives to us. The power of a vision. I love knowing that God has positioned us in this new millennium with a multi-generational, multi-cultural, evangelistic, apostolic church. I love that. I love that because it tells me that God isn't limiting what he's done to, to what we've got. God's saying there's more in store. God has a purpose for every person that's in this room right now. God has a plan for you. God has a vision that he wants to release to our church. I love it. I, I love knowing that, that, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It isn't just old print. It isn't just old ink on old pages, but it's a new vision that God wants to give to the church. We may have heard it preached 5,000 times, Brother McNair, but let me tell you, God is wanting to release a brand new vision of it for the here and the now in the 2020. God's saying it's been a little cloudy, but I want to I wanna clear your vision for a few moments today so you can see what I'm talking about in the last days saith God I'll pour out my spirit his spirit is in the storehouse and it's waiting to be released and it's waiting to be poured out it's waiting to be given but is there a vessel this morning that's willing to say right here God I need more this morning I need more of whatever you've got in store it's a multi-generational vision. It's to the young men. It's to the servants. It's to the young women, the handmaids. In those days, God said, I will pour out my spirit. It's to the old men. It's the young men. It's all of us included. And it's an old scripture. And it's a great preaching point. It's one of those things we pull out when we want to just kind of stir somebody's faith a little bit. But it's more than all of that. It's fact. It's a picture that God wants to give to us. It's a vision that God wants to release to us. We may not see it clearly, but God's saying, I, I want to open your eyes to that vision. I, if you haven't got that vision, then perishing is in store. But if you get that vision, if you've got that vision, then there's something, there's flourishing that I want to bring to the church today that's available to us. Uh, I love what Joel said. I, I love that Peter repeated it in Acts 2. It shall come to pass in the last days. Peter reached back to that old prophet Joel and he said it isn't just for Joel's day. It isn't just for Joel's generation. It isn't just for, for that, that, that ancient uh, Israel. It isn't just for them. I, I, he said I'm bringing it into this new generation. I'm bringing it into this new dispensation. I'm bringing it into this new purpose that I have for the church. The, the apostolic New Testament church had a hold of that end time revival vision. They might, may not have received it all. There may have been 3,000 added to the church and there may have been people added daily but that wasn't the end all and be all. God was saying this vision is bigger and this vision is greater as long as we are in days and we are and as long as time is still standing and it is then we have the opportunity that in the last days we aren't there. We, we, are, we are in those last days. We haven't got to the last day yet but if we're in the last days then revival opportunity is ours just tap your neighbor a little bit this morning and tell him that opportunity is ours that end time apostolic revival opportunity is ours it's ours in this day you know i i know sometimes we we need we get a little 
ramped up. We get this microphone and we bury it in our chin and we're telling the sound man we want more monitor and we want PA pushing a little harder. And I, I'm not saying that this morning. It's fine. It's good. I, I, I know we're, we, we are talking about that and we get excited about it, but... <clears throat> But I want to remind us today that it's not just about this volume. It's about this opportunity that God has given us. It's more than just excitement. It's revival. It's lives that are being turned around. It's homes that are being established on the rock. It's, it's God releasing vision to the church. Not that, that, that we can be saved, but that he has got salvation opportunity for an entire city. I love being a part of, uh, uh, of what God is doing for us locally. I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful for what God is doing in Capital Community Church. I'm grateful that we have a community vision. I'm grateful that we have a vision for what God wants to do in Marysville. I'm grateful that we have a vision. Walk through it with me. That we have a vision for what God wants to do in Fredericton. We prayed a little bit about it on Friday night. We've got a vision for what God wants to do in New Brunswick. We're, we're reaching out into communities. We're, we're reaching out into Oromocto. We're praying that God would give us direction. Brother Beach, I'm grateful that you are here with your family this morning. You know, we, we just, we just kind of tweeted out a little bit about what God is doing in Oromocto and the call that God has placed us. And he said, when I read that tweet, something lifted in my spirit. It, it recognized. He said, I, I believe that God is going to do some great things. I wrote him back and said, I, I'm believing with you, Brother Beach. We believe that God has a church in Oromocto. We're, we're, we're claiming it. We're standing on that promise. Thank you for, for releasing the word. Thank you for praying into that with us. But I'm telling you, we're grateful for what God is doing regionally. We're grateful for what God is doing provincially and, and, and nationally. We're, we're thankful. Pastors, Canadian executive presbyter. So we've, we've got a, a privilege about hearing what God is doing in our nation. We've got a, a privilege of being a part of global missions and what God is doing all around the world. And I'm grateful that it's not reports of doom and gloom and, and that things are closing and we're shuttering windows and we're, we're closing doors and we're locking buildings. I'll tell you what's happening on a global sale. God is pouring out his spirit. The, 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 the political climate in China is getting worse and worse for the church. But let me tell you what's happening to the church. It's getting better and better. It's growing and it's growing. And I believe that God has that revival because it's the last days saith God I believe that I'm grateful for everything that God is doing I I think that we need to shoot for the stars even if we've only got a BB gun I I, I think that we got to charge hell even if we've only got a water pistol I, I just think we've got to. It's the last days. Time is too critical. It's too important. I'd rather, I'd rather charge and miss by a minute than, char than not charge and miss the entire hour that God has us in right now. I know that God can take a willing man and make him able. So our prayer is that God, would you just make us willing to be a part of this end time harvest? We have that vision for our church. We could take time, and I won't this morning, to go through our vision as we see it for CCC. Pastor wrote about it over 20 years ago. It's in a booklet in my office, and we, we, we use it when we talk about foundations course and, and new believers and new people that are being added to the church. We tell them about what we believe that God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. I'm grateful for all of that vision. I'm grateful for that outward look on the harvest. I'm thankful that sometimes the Holy Ghost just brings us binoculars and we can see clearly what he's going to do. I am thankful for that. I'm grateful that we live in an age where there's harvest fields that are white. They're ready. They're prepared. They're, they're, they're just being, being uh, they're, they're, they're just there waiting. And we need to talk about vision and we need to talk about everything that God has in store for us. But if we're going to take a few weeks and, and unpack this scripture before we begin to talk about the grand scale and before we begin to talk about all of those things, can I, can I bring a little bit closer to home this morning? Can I, can I make it very personal today? We, we know that there's power in vision. But sometimes before we look out, we've got to look in. Sometimes before we Cue up the binoculars and we get them all in focus. Before we grab our telescope and look five years down the road, 
we've got to take the next few minutes and internally examine our hearts. That before we look out sometimes, we've got to look in. I don't know if you've ever had your eyes tested. But, <clears throat> Derek, I'm a little slow on my five-syllable words this morning. Where's Derek at? There he is. I just asked him, I said, can you tell us a few minutes? Anyone ever had your eyes tested? Maybe a better question is, anybody ever never had your eyes tested? I said, just tell us a little bit about eye tests. Tell, tell me, okay, you probably have a set of steps that you walk through. Just tell me what maybe those 78 steps are. I'll try to be simple, quick, and to the point. But as someone who studied the, the eye throughout my whole life, my adult life, there, there's a lot of analogies that we can see with vision and, and how it works, with how spiritual vision can work. And we start off initially in an eye exam looking at just physically, the, think of the eye like a two-lens system. And the back of the eye, the retina, is like the film of a camera. So with the, with the prescription, uh, your eye can be too long or too short, and that's nearsighted or farsighted. And astigmatism is just the, the front of the eye, the cornea is shaped like a, like a football. However, uh, another problem can be that if, if the, we can get the, with glasses, you can get the image focused on the retina, but if there's opacities in the system at any point, then it doesn't matter how good your glasses are, you can't see, and, and we can, there's some real sermons in there. Um, and w w one thing we start at the, uh, after you get the best glasses you can, and, and if the eye is healthy, then yes, you can see, but if you have health problems in your cornea, if there's opacities there, that can blur your vision. Uh, cataracts, if you go a little deeper into the eye, that can block your vision. Um, and, and it's the one place in the body where we can actually look at the circulation or the blood vessels without cutting you open. So we can get a, you can see a lot about the rest of the body. Um, and as far as the, the, the optic nerve, um, I'd have to uh, use the analogy that that's actually the brain part of our eye. And we look at that and if that's not healthy, uh, no matter how good your glasses are or how, how well focused it is, you can't see and God is the head, head of the church, and if we're not well connected, uh, then it, it doesn't matter if you're coming to church, and uh, if, if you're not connected to God, then you're not, gonna, you're not going to have good vision, no matter how much things around you physically are, 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 are fixed. And with glaucoma, that affects your optic nerve, and that's really the brain part of the eye that allows you to see. Um, and, and there's many diseases, but that's probably a good, good summation. We start off physically with the glasses to get the image focused, but then you have to look at health. Um, and like I say, there's all kinds of sermons there. And I, I know we shouldn't be proud of ourselves, but I'm so glad that I let him talk about that and not me. Because what I was going to say was, they sit you down in this chair. <laughs> and then they put you in a headlock. <laughs> and then, I don't know if they're trying to blow up your eye or not, but they say, it's just going to be a little puff of air. <laughs> And then I knew why I was in the headlock. No, thank you, Derek. But what I'm saying is that in order for them to properly, now what I understood him saying, and he, there is, and if you need to see him, he's at Costco. But what, I, what we're talking about is that he can look in and he can, he can understand, he can see that, that there's something not right. And that there's correction that's required. And, and they can do that with glasses or contact lenses. And, and they can, it's amazing. It's got to be so rewarding, Derek, that when, 
When you bring someone in and their vision is damaged or their vision is impaired or impacted by history, they, they were able to tell me that I was a premature baby because of the blood vessels in my eye or something like that. I don't know. But there's so many things that they can tell just by examining your eye. And the purpose and, and their desire is that they, they want to improve and perfect the vision that you have. And I, I want to just internalize that for a few moments this morning because some of us, we look at ourselves and we say, well, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't have a clear vision. Can I, can I tell you sometimes that it's, it's because we need to take a close look inward. And the damage inward, it may not have even been your fault. It may have been someone that damaged you. It may have been something that happened in your past or history, that, that, something in your history that, that, that it just occurred in your life and it impacted your vision. It, it impacted your ability to trust or it impacted your ability to see what God would desire for you to see. Maybe, maybe it is something that you did. It's, and now let's shift over to the spiritual realm. Maybe it is something that you did that impacted your vision. It's sin that's come into your life and, and it's something that's, that's impaired or impacted your ability to see. I, I believe, and here's what I know is that the same way that an optometrist is able to, to by the time you leave with, with their skill and their ability, they can improve and bring your vision back to that place that it, it should be and that place that it could be. That, that God wants to do that in this room this morning. Amen. And that God would desire that, that when we leave, we wouldn't be uh, focused on the wrong that's in our life or focused on the thing that's hindering our vision. Focused on the thing that would say, I can't be a part of that church because here's what's wrong with my vision or here's why I can't see it clearly or here's what I can't understand about everything that they sang about this morning or everything that the preacher talked about today or the prayers that were prayed here. I, I was just disconnected. I couldn't, I couldn't make the connection. Can I tell you that the great optometrist is in the room today and he wants to bring a connection in your life, your your own life. He, he hasn't come to examine everybody around you and leave you out. He, he wants to impact your life. And he's saying that you can leave with perfect 2020 vision in 2020 this morning. God wants to do that in your life. And we've got to look internally. And I, I'm seeing the time. And if you'll just hang with me for about 10 minutes, we'll, we'll complete what God's called us to do today. But we've got to look internally. That's why the psalmist said in 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Search me, God. And here's what, what you don't understand is that God has already done the examination in your life. The, he started that chapter off, and, and I think he was just saying, God, make sure. Don't, don't, don't leave me out. I, don't leave me. I'm reiterating. He, because he knew it. In verse 1, he said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. God knows exactly where you're at this morning. God knows what needs to happen in your life to repair and to restore your vision. We're down our screens this morning. How many saw check the airflow? Check the airflow. And the team at the back was, usually what, what can happen is we just kind of hit the button and we make the menu go away and, and then we get at it or get after it. Of course, it's been a busy couple of weeks and we've got construction that's been happening. The filters get all clogged up. And, but after a while, the, the little computer in that thing says, uh, Nope. And so at the back, we hit the button, clear the menu, and it says, check the airflow. Clear the menu. Check the airflow. And I'm at the front, Pastor. Did you notice it, Pastor? <laughs> yeah, he's got 28 texts to the team at the back. <laughs> check the airflow. That, it'll only let us so many times ignore the dirt that's in the, in the filter. It'll only, for so many times, allow us to, to just bypass, you know, go past go. Don't collect $200. But when you least expect it and when you most don't want it, like the first service of the year, check the airflow. Can I tell you that maybe, maybe in the Holy Ghost this morning, God is saying to somebody that, there's just some things in your life that you need cleaned out this morning. 
and, and maybe you just kind of been able to put it off in 2019, January, February. Let's get back to November, December. You just kind of bypass, going to go past that. Can I just tell you, somebody this morning, God is saying in your life, check the airflow. You've got so much stuff kind of built up and messed up, and, and I'm trying to get in, and I'm trying to move, and I'm trying to touch you, but, but you just got all this stuff in the way. Can you just check the airflow? And, and the reason the airflow is all messed up is because there's a bunch of dirt, and the, the filter's all clogged up, and, and it's time to kind of go through the effort and go through the work and get out the step ladder of the spirit and get up there and get that filter and clean it out and get it under the hot water and get it all cleansed so that God can do so you can see what God wants you to see in 2020. Tap your neighbor and say, check the airflow. Check the airflow. God wants us to be clean. God doesn't want us to just keep coming and bypassing and, and hitting the button, going, going beyond. God's saying, nah, in 2020, I want you to make some diligent, come on, some intentional moves to be cleansed, to be purified. The psalmist said, search me, oh God, and know my heart. God, would you search the filter that's collected all the dirt, and would you cleanse me out? We've been in a dirty world. We've been in a fire out there. The smoke's filtered in, and God said, come on, just get cleansed in the supernatural this morning. God said, you got to cleanse. you got to purify. He said, as a matter of fact, he told ancient Israel through Isaiah, he said, when you spread forth your hands, he said, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. He said, you got so much dirt on the inside that I'm just going to ignore you until you cleanse your life. Until you intentionally clean out all of the garbage that's missing and, and all the garbage that's messing up what I want to do in you. God is the searcher of our heart. Jeremiah 17, verse 10. God said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his way and according to the fruit of his doing. And, you know, I, I was trying to be a little bit like past this morning. I thought, I'm going to look up reins because surely there's a great image of a horse. I looked it up. You know what I got? In ancient times... Kidneys were assumed to be the seed of our emotions, feelings, and affections. Reins is related to our literal kidneys. Man, that'll preach. But I dropped it in the notes because I tell you, you know, what God was saying is I, I, don't, I don't need you to get it all right on the outside. I need you. To get it all right on the inside. I need you to examine that part of you that, you know, the, the ancients, they, they, they spoke about the, the kidneys because you know how when, you, when somebody scares you near to death, you get your stomach go, ooh. That's what they're talking about, that emotional. The reins were their mind, their heart, the seat of their emotions. And God said, I try that area of your life. I try that area of your life because it needs my hand on it. It needs my hand to do the directing and the steering. I, I, I'm, I'm trying your life and I'm trying to direct you. I'm trying to add course corrections. And I, I want to bring you into that place of absolute perfect revival. I, I want to give you 2020 vision, but, but there's some stuff on the inside that's, that's messed up. We're getting ready to... To go into fasting, we can come back to the music this morning. We're getting ready to go into a season of fasting. And I'll tell you why. Because fasting does something that nothing else can do. I, Paul said it in Romans 7. He said, for we know that the law is spiritual. We want to be a supernatural spiritual church. We want apostolic revival. But Romans 7 verse 14 goes on. He said, but I am carnal. Sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. My filter's clogged up. My vision 
It stayed. The screen shut off. I can't see. But he didn't stop there. He said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law. My members warring against the law of my mind. and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and that's a lot of tongue-twisting New Testament scripture for you this morning. But can I just tell you that what Paul was saying is that there's a war going on the inside of me. There's a wrestling match that happens every single day. There's a part of me that, that I'm fighting with. There's a part of me that wants to do good. He said that. It wants to do what's right. But there's another part of me. There's a part of Jack Lehman. There's a part of you too. That its will is to do what's not right. Its will. The flesh loves the flesh. But here's what I know. Daniel is going to help us with that. And I'm in danger of losing the whole message right now. But I got a great illustration. Brother McNair, would you come and help me? Because here's what I know. If I meet Brother McNair in an alley, I'm going the other way. Now, he may have a few more birthdays on me. But here's what I know. He's tougher than me. So some of you are saying, I, I've wrestled with this before and lost. Can I tell you that that's where the power of fasting comes in? Because I wouldn't war with John. I wouldn't war with you anyway, Brother McNair. But I wouldn't war with him this morning because he had his Wheaties. But I tell you what, if I take everything away and put them in a box, big box, for 21 days, I say, we're going to make him fast, and then I'm going to fight him. I might have a chance then. Now, in that 21 days, I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to strengthen myself. I'm going to eat everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all the Justin supplements. I don't know. There's more cans of stuff in the cupboard right now that I would never touch. He's got more stuff going on. I'm proud of him. He's lost 90 pounds. He's diligent about trying to take care of himself. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. I, I have no idea. I said, what in the world is that for? But I, I don't know. If I cracked open a few cans of those and got the protein rolling, I got all that stuff going. And then in 21 days, we say, all right, let's have at it now, Brother McNair. And we just kind of haul him out of the box and stand him up on his feet. Then I might have a chance then. Can I tell you that that's what's happening when we're fasting? Over the next 21 days, what we're thinking, Brother McNair? What we're, what we're going to do over the next 21 days, we're going to starve the flesh. Not completely. We got the Daniel diet or the Daniel fast. Or Some people get offended when we call it a fast. It's not a fast. It's a diet. And some of you, you got, you got your monthly bulletin this morning. You're like, oh, great. File 13. Uh-uh. Can I encourage you? Actually, I'm going to ask for a commitment this morning. I'm going to ask that pastor's going to unpack fasting tonight. I won't take time to do it this morning. But, but can I tell you that if we're going to see the vision that God wants us to do, there's a part of us that's got to die. That cleansing that God wants to do in us, that, that God wants to do that, that if, you'll, if you will agree with me, and I'll, I'll call for commitment at the end. We're almost there. I asked you for 10 minutes. I'm at, I think I'm at 7 minutes right now. But... But when we begin to fast, there's something that happens. God begins to purify our spirit. Now, now don't do it just as a diet. We want to couple it with prayer. And, and I, I've, got word, I, I've got scripture here. I said, how are we going to cleanse ourselves? Because the Bible said that your sins, if they be like crimson, they'll be as white as snow. And if they're red, like, sorry, if they, they be red, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That opportunity is ours, but it takes a cleansing that needs to happen in our life, in our spirit. 2 Corinthians 7, Paul challenged, he said, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh 
and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It isn't about being perfect. It's about perfecting. God has this duty, this responsibility to bring us into perfection. But he's perfecting us. He's, he's examining us. He's taking a look inside of us. And, and that's what God wants to do in this room this morning. He has a desire for a church to be pure and holy. Ephesians 5 is good marital teaching, but it's good for the church. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? God has an intention. Here's the intention. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. God doesn't want you to leave the way that you came. God has a purpose and God has a divine design on every heart and on every life this morning that he would sanctify it and cleanse it. That God wants to bring cleansing in your spirit and everything that's hindering the vision that he wants to release in your life. God wants to reach in and clean some stuff out this morning. That's who he is. That's what he is. He wants to cleanse us today. Why? That he might present it to himself, that church. He said, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The word is going to do the work. Get yourself a Bible reading program. It doesn't have to be 58 chapters, but intentionally spend time in the Word every morning. Fast. Pray. And watch what God does in this church in the next 21 days. God is about to release supernatural vision. You're going to begin to see altars that are full. You're going to be, begin to see family members that are coming back. You're going to begin, begin to sing You know what just hit me? I, I, I'm, I'm so honored. I'm so honored that we have, have guests with us this morning. And I'm not trying to call and do attention to anybody. But I'm grateful that we've got some guests with us in the balcony this morning. But let me tell you what I was praying on Friday night. I was praying that God would put people in our balcony. And this morning, there are people in the balcony. Just want you... And in my mind, I could see people in the balcony. And, and this morning, I, I just, I don't know, I think maybe it's just a little, a little gift that God says, here you go. I got a plan. I got a purpose. I got a vision for you. I, I, got, I got something that you can see that isn't in your, able, your ability in the natural, but in the supernatural. I can see it clearly. God has a vision for us. If we'll just get a hold of it. psalmist said with my whole heart inspection examination have I sought thee oh let me not wander from thy commandments thy word have I hid in my heart I, I took some junk out and I put the word in that I might not sin against thee cleansing is important and it's critical anointing follows cleansing it did in the old testament with the priesthood It did with Esther. It did with Ruth. I'll read Ruth because it's quick. Verse 3. Naomi. You know Naomi left Bethlehem before Naomi. Walked that road and back Naomi. She told Ruth because Ruth was the future promise that God has given, had given to her. And she was the one thing that God had released. Naomi wanted to be called bitter. She wanted to be called Mara. But, but somewhere in the midst of her bitterness, God said, I'm going to give you Ruth. And, and Ruth, she said, when, when she realized that God was working through Ruth, she said, Ruth, uh, now this is what you got to do. Boaz is of your kindred. He's, he's the kin, kinsman redeemer. He's, he's got that ability to change and transform not just your life, but our future Naomi told her, you know, Naomi got a lot of things wrong, but I'm going to tell you what she got right. She got right. She told, she told Ruth, she said, wash thyself, therefore. She said, Ruth, go clean up because God's in this. She said, when you, when you get cleaned up, she said that I'm going to anoint. She said, and anoint thee. Get cleaned and get anointed. Why? Because anointing follows cleansing. There's anointing in this room this morning if we'll let God do the cleansing. Search me, oh God. Try me. God, get a, get a hold of the reins of my life. Get a, get a hold of the inward part of me and 
cleanse my life. Cleansing, wash thyself, anointing, anoint thee. And then she said, uh, she said, don't, don't go back, get back on the, the garment of, of the harvester. Don't, don't go and get, get your old work clothes on, Ruth, because it's about to transform in your life. There's something that's going to happen. You gotta change your appearance. You gotta, you gotta change how you're perceived. You gotta change who you see yourself as. You, you gotta change all that. Ruth, you're not the same girl that you were. God's got a plan for your life. She said, wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor. She said, go on down because something powerful is going to happen. Ruth, it's going to change. There's going to be transformation occur. You're not going to be the same girl. You're not going to be the same widow. You're not going to be the same hopeless one. God is turning this around. Can I tell you that happens if we're willing to wash ourselves. If we'll cleanse ourselves. Filthiness in the spirit. If we'll cleanse ourselves in our heart. We'll cleanse our mind. If we'll call on God and we ask him, God, would you purify us? Purge us. Wash us. Cleanse us. And God's got anointing waiting. And that's not just that. God's got transformation that wants to occur in our lives. Something powerful is going to happen in this room this morning and something powerful is going to happen in this place in the next 21 days. That cleansing created the opportunity and the privilege of approaching the king. That was how it worked for Esther. Enabled her the opportunity to entertain the king. As a matter of fact, they said it was 12 months Six months of cleansing, six months of oil of anointing, 12 months of preparation to approach the king is what Esther needed to go the, after the manner of woman. That's what the scripture says. God doesn't have to wait 12 months this morning, but God is looking for someone to say, cleanse me today. God, cleanse my heart, cleanse my life. And, and the opportunity of approaching the king is here for everyone this morning. God is releasing vision in this room where there's no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he standing if I could have your attention for a few moments standing together handed out little cards on Tuesday night I understand weather was bad not everybody could come but in 2020 we handed out these these cards and we said in 2020 I, I can see God and I said you fill in the blank what can you see God doing in 2020 what is it that you can see that that God could do in your life or that 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 thing is so crazy and so big that you know it, it, it had to come from God you know the six questions that often we'll ask ourselves when we're when we're trying to unpack who what when we're how why who what when we're how why who what when where how why I don't know why we leave why to the very last. I think we ought to start sometimes with the why because that, that is our motive. That, that, that isn't just what, 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 how, when, where, who. All those questions are out here. But when you get on the inside and say, well, Why? Why do I believe? Or why do I want God to do that? Or why? What's the motive? What's the intention? What's, why, why do I have that desire in my spirit? Why? And when we can properly answer that, can I tell you every other part of those six questions are going to come into being? We, we've got to understand the why. That's the internal part of us. And, and we can't get the why right if we're, if, we're full, if we're full of garbage and we're full of sin and we're full of wrongdoing and we're full of messed up mentalities and we're full of hatred to our brothers and we're, we're full of ourselves. We're full of things that, you know, we're full of our own plans and we're so full of our own agenda. We're full of everything. But, but I tell you what, if we can get the why right, if we're, if we're in this because God has called us to be a church and nothing else matters than souls and eternity because everything else is going to fade away. It's going to pass off the scene. And if everything else just, it, it doesn't matter, then, then if it comes down to souls and eternity, then our why comes clearly into focus. We cleanse our lives. Why? Because God needs a vessel to use in 2020. 
We cleanse our lives because God needs a church in 2020. We cleanse our lives because God needs us in 2020 to be what he's calling us to be. God needs us. God needs us to have a vision bigger than ourselves. God needs us so much bigger than the box that we've locked ourselves in this morning. But that can't happen with our limited vision and our personal ability. We need God to release vision in this room today. It's got to start with that purification. So I'd like to pray a prayer of repentance with us if we could. But I also would like to end with dedication. So before you leave this morning, I don't know. There's probably, there may be things that are time, schedule, importance. If you need to slip out, that's great. But if you just take a few moments and if we could commit together this morning. But before we get there, would you pray with me? Jesus, you are God, the reason that you washed God, that cross at Calvary with your blood was so that you could wash your church today. God, that you might sanctify and cleanse it. That is your divine desire. God, you're asking. God, you're compelling someone today to become more in 2020. But it can't happen as long as we're filled up and messed up. God, as long as there's sin in the way, and God, you said you, you wouldn't hear us, you wouldn't acknowledge us. Our, our solemn assemblies, our feasts, our tab, our, everything that we've got on the calendar is worthless if we don't get right with you this morning. So God, I'm praying today. It's personal and it's corporate, but Jesus, I pray that you would reach deep in our spirit God, that you would wash us with the water of your word. If your word declared that you would cleanse us this morning, then we lay claim on that promise. We get a hold of it and we won't let it go. God, you're challenging us to set some things aside over the next 21 days and God, we're prepared to do that. But before, before we release and launch those visions in our life, I pray that somebody would get some things in order that are out of order in their mind. Like Derek talked about some, some stigmatisms in our life, some things that are in the way, some things that have grown up that shouldn't be there. That, that God, I pray that you would cleanse us. God, that you would purify us. Some, some parts of us that may have been damaged by things that we've done or somebody's done to us. Some part of our heart that's hurt, that part of our heart that's in pain, that part of our life that's just destroyed destroyed as the world sees but God you see it differently brokenness is an opportunity for you to bring blessedness in lives today so God I pray this morning that you would wash us we lay our sin out before you and God we pray that you would forgive us Would you make that very personal this morning? Come on, weeping has to happen between the porch and the altar. It's, it's more than just an emotion, but it, it is emotional. Let that Holy Ghost just begin to work right now. God, you're washing. You're cleansing. God, you're purifying right now. God, the wrongdoing that somebody thought they could never walk away from, they could never walk over, step past. God, you're removing it right now as far as the east is from the west. God, that's how far you remove our sins. Seas of forgetfulness are being filled with sin, wrongdoing of somebody. God, I pray that you just kind of release someone in the Holy Ghost this morning. God, release them, what they couldn't see, they, what they couldn't look past that was so large and looming in their life today. I, I pray, God, that you would just move it out of the way, that mountain. God, let whatever mustard seed of faith is in their spirit right now, let it be released so they can see the future that you have for them today. 
Come on, let God do it. Let God do it. Someone call in the name of the Lord for a moment. Cry out. Come on, cry loud. Spare not. God, reach, move, touch in this room. Hear our cry, oh Lord. Attend unto our prayer. I, I, I appreciate. I appreciate everybody being solemn, but I, I wish someone would just let a cry out in the Holy Ghost for a moment today. God, would you cleanse us? God, would you purify us? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me. God, try me. Often we'll have a call to come. I'm not even necessarily, and we leave that up to the discretion of individuals and for what they're feeling. And, and because a lot of this is emotional, it's very personal, it's personal. But I, I, I'm actually issuing a challenge this morning. I'm wondering if I could challenge you to commit the next 21 days of this decade to the Daniel fast and prayer and the word. And whatever you got to push out of the way, just move, 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 make some adjustments and create some priorities. But I, I wonder if you're willing to do that. And I'm stepping out on a ledge this morning. But I'm wondering if you're willing to do that for the next 21 days. And there may be medical limitations and we'll excuse you for that. You can still come. But I'm wondering if you are able to do that or willing to do that, if you want to do that so that God can do a work in us this morning. I'm wondering if you would just come and come as close to the altar as you can. Come as close as you're able to come. But if you're willing to do that, I wonder if you would make that commitment. Uh, it's a challenge. It's... I appreciate you so much. Appreciate your commitment this morning. I appreciate but before before God relays this external vision and before we have that God's just doing something internally God's allowing us to see ourselves a little clearer this morning God's examining us before we see the promise we can raise the screen we'll just sing it softly as some people are contemplating and some are thinking if you can't stand at the front if you just come and you want to sit near the front but just indicate that you're going to dedicate the next 21 days to God. My blessed Savior, I Hallelujah. Said I 